everyone, and welcome back to her podcast. I'm super excited to have you here this week, as I am every week. And today we are beginning a series on emotional health and emotional intelligence. One of my favorite authors, Peter Scazzo, says, you cannot be spiritually healthy and be emotionally unhealthy. And that's something that I discovered a few years ago. And I began to kind of go on this journey of not only developing myself spiritually and professionally, but developing myself emotionally. We would be so surprised how many people in churches, in businesses, in life in general, are trying to develop themselves in every other way. You know, so I've seen people try to develop themselves physically with their health, professionally getting educated and all these things, spiritually trying to pray away a lot of the things that really come down to emotional health. Um, And one of the things that I've discovered and that I tell people that I mentor and that I tell people within the church is you need to work yourself as a as a human being. There are so many things that if we get to the root of them emotionally and we begin to change emotionally, we'll see a change in our entire life. And and that same author, Peter Scazzo, said something in, in his book. He has a, a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which I recommend to everyone. But one of the first things he says in his book is he says that he pastored a church for many, many years and he wouldn't see a change in his people at church. So he would try all sorts of different things. He's like, okay, well, maybe we need to fast more. We need to minister more in the Holy Spirit. We need to, maybe they do need to be developed educationally. Maybe they're not professional enough. Maybe, you know, they're they're um, not financially secure enough. Like, what is it that's going to cause a change in these people until finally the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to be developing them emotionally. Because if emotionally we're not developed as people, we are going to be stuck in these loops of emotional behavior. And if you really look, and this is something I'm so passionate about, so I just jumped right in, but if you really look at your behavior, a lot of it is triggered by how you emotionally respond to things. You know, something happens in your life, you get angry. But many adults do not know why they are getting angry. Many adults do not know why something upsets them, why it's so triggering for them every time someone maybe keeps a secret or somebody lies to them. These are things that we grow up. And one thing that that same author says is he says, very few people emerge from their households emotionally whole because there's always going to be something. You know, you may be watching this. You might say, I have the best parents in the entire world. Growing up was amazing. I grew up with the love of Christ. I can say all those things, thank God. But even still, there are things that you're missing. So along the way of this journey of me personally trying to become more emotionally intelligent and more emotionally healthy, I discovered the Enneagram. And so the next couple of weeks, I want, I would love to take you guys, you listeners, on a journey towards learning more about the Enneagram. The Enneagram is an amazing tool that I've discovered to help people become more emotionally aware healthy and whole. It is not the end all be all. So I want to take a minute here because there's somebody who is, of course, jumping in their seat right now saying, but it's not the Bible, but it's not Jesus, but it's not. No, it's not. It's not the Bible. It's not Jesus. It will not replace the Bible. It will not replace Jesus. It will not replace the Holy Spirit, but it can supplement it can be a tool that you use. So in First Corinthians, it says, everything is mine and I am Christ's. You know, so I hear a lot of people say like, but how could you recommend people the Enneagram or what is the Enneagram? Is, is it witchcraft? Is it this? Is it? Listen, what I say to people is if something has good fruit and if something is not contradictory to the word of God, then it's something that you can use to push you closer to God. And that's something that I've discovered with the Enneagram. It, it is a tool that you can use to push you closer to God in, in the fact that you're becoming more emotionally aware. Again, we have a lot of people in the church who are suppressed. They're trying to grow spiritually while suppress their emotions. That's something that I've seen growing up in church a lot. People trying to grow spiritually like, Lord, do more in me, you know, um, help me grow, help me get closer to you, Jesus. But I'm going to suppress every time I feel sad, I'm just going to suppress it. Every time I feel anxious, I'm just going to, and it's not just people in the church, you know, you might be watching and you're not involved in church or, or you don't really know how you stumbled across this, this 
um, podcast, but that might be happening to you too. I feel an anxious thought. I suppress it. I feel an angry thought. I suppress it. I feel sadness. Maybe I let it come out, but I never go. I never do the extra work of finding out where's that sadness coming from? How can I become better? How can I be less sad? Those are things that obviously the Bible and the Holy Spirit and the Lord can help you with, obviously. But the Bible never goes straight in and tells you, this is why you're angry, Vanessa. This is probably in certain ways it does. And the Lord will reveal to you, you know, through his word, many things that you need to know. But there's nothing wrong with going and getting extra knowledge and learning more to to help you develop emotionally and instead of just growing spiritually and suppressing my emotions let me learn about my emotions let me learn about why I think the way that I think and so I think this is so important to talk about in church because I feel in church and in Christian atmospheres because religion in in my opinion and I just think it's fact so I'm not even gonna say it, it you know in church, religion has held us back from a lot of emotional development because what we tend to do is say, if it's not the Bible, if it's not coming directly from a pastor's mouth, then it's not for me and I'm going to leave it alone. But there aren't a lot of pastors and there aren't a lot of people talking about people's emotions. And it's a big part of you. At the end of the day, you have emotions. You are an emotional being. You are a human being. And that part of you needs to develop. So I want to talk a little bit about the Enneagram and what it is. So uh, you'll, hear me, you'll hear me say a million times the Enneagram is not a personality test. It's not a personality uh, scheme. It's not a personality program. Here's what the Enneagram is. The Enneagram is a series of observations. The Enneagram is actually ancient and has its roots um years and years before Christ it is it is a series of observations that were made all the way in ancient times and have been developed you know so you have people that have taken it and used it for the Christian through the Christian perspective you also and I do want to caution you have people that have taken this and given it kind of a new age spin that's where you have to use your spiritual discernment to be like wait a second that does contradict contradict the word you know I don't want to go out there and say everything you hear about the Enneagram is Bible based and it's going to edify you no not necessarily there are some things you're going to hear from the Enneagram because whoever teach whoever's teaching it is going to adjust it a little bit it's going to be a little bit from their perspective but the Enneagram in general is a series of observations a spirit a series of studies so to speak on human behavior and basically what it says is this children who are wounded in this way tend to suffer in this way throughout their their lives people who are missing this emotionally when they're children tend to seek it out and find it and that's something that we've seen backed up by the bible we've seen backed up by modern psychology we've seen backed up in many areas of society like it's it's kind of if you think about it on that basic level it's it's obvious you know if you so an example of that would be the enneagram 7 the enneagram 7 those are children who felt abandoned they felt like they they lacked care very early in life so they retreated into kind of this movie like experience in their mind where they run from bad feelings and everything's good and everything's good vibes and you know everything is is happy and sweet and that's the way they defend themselves from this wound that they had when they were a child um your personality this is something that i've learned through the enneagram your personality is not who you are your personality is the mask that you put on to help you adjust to this menacing world. So all of us, when we were children, and this was something that was so interesting to me when I began to really learn about what the Enneagram was, all of us, when we are children, we're experiencing these wounds, you're getting these messages, whether it's from your parents, it could be from other people. There are people who their wounds come from, you know, the way they were treated in school, the way they were treated by their aunts and uncles. I've heard people say, I think my childhood wounds comes from my grandma, it comes from my grandpa, it comes from my uncle. Um, there are wounds that you experience as a child, messages that you get. And in your childhood brain and in your human brain, and that's why the Bible kind of warns us against human wisdom versus godly wisdom. And it wasn't your fault. You were a kid, but all you had was human wisdom. And at that, you had childhood human wisdom. So at that, you were a kid. You said, the best way for me to defend myself against this message that I'm getting, this feeling that I have, is to act 
this way. So I'm going to give another example, the Enneagram, the Enneagram three. Those are the achievers. They receive this message from someone in their life saying, you're not good enough unless you're achieving. You're not good enough unless you're doing better. I want you to be better. I want you to be greater. I want you to grow up to be rich. I want you to grow up to be famous. It might not have been someone that said that directly to them, but they're in their childhood eyes. They looked around and they said, this is what's expected of me. So since what's expected of me is to be great, I'm going to fixate on being great. And I'm going to build a personality around people thinking that I'm great. I'm going to build a personality around people thinking that I'm great. Enneagram ones. I'm going to build a personality around people thinking that I'm perfect because I perceived that the way that I'm going to get love, affection, approval is by being perfect. Every human being is looking for three things, self-preservation, social interaction, or intimacy and sexual connection. So every single child on this earth grew up thinking I either need to preserve my life and preserve my sense of self and preserve my identity or I want to interact with the crowd. Well, really, we want all three of these. But as a child, you kind of realize instinctively something that is true, which is that you can't have all three. As a child, you realize I can't have it all. So which one is most important to me and which one is most important to my family? You know, am I going to try to preserve myself? Am I going to try to seek social interaction and community and, and other people? Or am I going to seek one-on-one -on -one intimate, and they call these sexual connections, but they don't really have to do with physical sex as much as they have to do with intimacy. Each one of those drives begins to push you towards your Enneagram type. So you come into adulthood, and this is why it's so important to me and why I'm so passionate about people learning about emotional health and emotional growth, because you come into adulthood basically stunted already. You come into adulthood, so imagine like you're, you're going back to that example of the three. You're a childhood three. You were taught that you're not worth anything if you're not achieving. You come into adulthood and you're working, living, going to church, praying, reading the Bible, everything through this lens and this filter of I have to achieve. I have to do more. You know, Enneagram threes, which I will confess for the first time that I am an Enneagram three. I'm going to tell you guys why, because... Because people are not educated about the Enneagram, I made the choice for, for the past couple of years, and I've said it on my Instagram if anybody follows me, that I wasn't going to tell people what my Enneagram number was because I didn't want them to put me in a box. But since I'm educating now, I'll go ahead and I'll tell you, I'm an Enneagram 3. And that was something that I discovered, that I was like, wow, even when I pray, even in my relationship towards God, I'm trying to impress God. I'm trying to get God to approve of me. Because I want so badly this approval and discovering the Enneagram. And that's why I get personally like aggressive <laughs> when people say like, no, you know, the Enneagram and psychology and that stuff is not good. And that stuff is no, because it has only given good fruit in my life. When I discovered that, I started to pray different. When I discovered that, I started to live different because I started to tell myself, Vanessa, you have a tendency to look for approval. Don't. And that's what the Enneagram does. And so any, every single Enneagram has a fixation. So to give you guys a little bit of Enneagram, um, kind of to, to make you more familiar, in the Enneagram, there are nine types in the Enneagram. Each type is completely different. And, and each people within that type are different is what I'm trying to say. Just because you are one, not all ones are the same, not all nines are the same. Within each of the nine types, there are three subtypes. And that comes down to what I was explaining earlier. There's the self-preservation, the social interaction, and the sexual. So even within the type three, sometimes threes will look different because one person became a type three to preserve themselves. Um, you know, maybe they felt they were in danger. They had an abusive person in their life. And so they became a three to preserve themselves or to keep themselves safe. Then there are other threes who they became a three because they felt that was the way they were best going to be able to have people love them. You know, they were seeking love. They were seeking community. They were seeking belonging. Or you might have become a three. And this is applicable for every number. You might have become a nine, seven, eight, whatever. You might have become a three for because you longed for one-on-one -on -one interaction. These are people who became threes maybe because they felt that they needed their mom to see that they achieved or they felt like they needed their their grandma to th I, I have one friend who she said for sure my grandma made me a three 
because my grandma was always saying, you can be better. You can do better. My mom didn't care. My mom was like, I love you for who you are. But I was so trying to get my grandma's approval that I became a sexual three, you know? And again, I I always want to, when I say a sexual three, I'm not saying you are a sexual person or, or you were, you know, trying to have something with your grandma. It's not, you were looking for that intimate connection with your grandma. So there are nine types, 27 subtypes. Each one of these types has a fixation. So each one of these types has something that they were seeking when they were children that they are still seeking as adults, which is mind blowing for me because how crazy is it that we can start seeking something as children and grow up into adulthood. And like I said, in your church, in your marriage, in your relationship with Christ, you're still seeking it. And how freeing is it to understand what you've been looking for your whole life? This is what I'm looking for. And that's something that the Bible won't tell you specifically. And I say that with so much um respect and 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 with sacred fear of the Lord because I do fear the Lord and I would never be someone to tell you like the Bible can't give you something no but the Lord purposely he put the Bible on this earth because that's what he needed to say and then there are some things that it's our job to go out and seek wisdom and seek knowledge the Bible's not going to tell you hey Vanessa you've been seeking for approval all your life there are verses about it but I'm not going to even know to go seek those verses out for myself if I don't become emotionally intelligent when I discovered this, I remember it was Janessa who was like, Vane, I've been reading something called the Enneagram. And I've been reading something called the Enneagram. And I think you're this, you know. And and so I, I want to give a chance to my guests here. I, I We arranged beforehand that we were going to, I was going to kind of introduce the the whole scheme of the Enneagram and then we were going to get into talking about it but I remember Janessa was the first person who introduced me to the Enneagram and she was like I started reading this thing and first of all I know who I am like my eyes were open and then there's this one that I think you are and I tell this story all the time that when I read my Enneagram type well I originally mistyped myself um so I thought I was a two and then when I finally and Janessa was she introduced me to the Enneagram and I, I kind of read over them I took a test which by the way I'm gonna pause here to say don't take a test to determine your Enneagram type the tests never work they are always wrong I have since read so many books and and you know I've taken classes on typing people and on which another thing is don't let yourself get typed by somebody who doesn't know you or who doesn't know the Enneagram you know, because that's, that's a thing, too. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But so I took a test, the tests that are always wrong because they because you're not you if you're not emotionally intelligent and you're not answering right on the test. So the test is, you know, like and you don't know about the Enneagram. So you just take it you know, as it is. And you're like, OK, I'm a two. I'm like, OK, I'm a two. Um, until Janessa was like, no, Vane, I'm reading more into this. And I think I know like this is you. And and I remember you said, and if this is you, I feel kind of sad for you because it shows you that I, I really struggled with gaining people's approval and trying to achieve more and trying to be great and trying to, you know, do all these things. When I read my Enneagram type, I cried. I sobbed. I was like, this is me. And this is a person growing up in the church, loving the Lord, reading the Bible frequently like I I read the Bible all the time I study the Bible in depth but nothing had been able to give me this basic profile not of your personality because here's the thing about the Enneagram it's not going to tell you how you act that's why two eights can act differently two ones can act differently it's going to tell you what you were wounded in and now what you're looking for. And now that I know what I'm looking for, number one, I can find it. And number two, I can keep myself from finding it in the wrong places. And I can keep myself from starving for it. Because now that I know, two years ago, I didn't know that I was a three seeking approval and seeking achievement and, and trying to work my way even into Jesus's heart. I didn't know that. Now that I know it, I can remind myself don't do it, you know? So all of that, just to say, let's talk a little bit about the Enneagram. So tell us, Jane, about you discovering the Enneagram, what you love about it, what what stands out to you. So I discovered the Enneagram through a pastor's wife. She was posting about it. She was talking. And when she just described what the Enneagram was, then she described herself 
and how it's helped her. And then she started describing her husband. And when she started describing her husband, I was like, that kind of sounds like me. <laughs> like, this is so weird. Um, even when she was, like, describing herself, to me it sounded like my husband. And I was like, this is so strange. So I was like, what are the chances that she would describe Lex and then she would describe me? So I was like, this is weird. So then I looked it up. Um, I took a test, and I was very confused with the test, as, as you're saying, because the test gives you three maybes. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people who would be like, oh, yeah, I, I heard about the Enneagram. I'm a 138. And, and you're just like, no, 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 that's not how that works. But I know the test told you, you know, it told you that you had to choose one, but it, the results are like you're a 138. Um, so I um, took the test. I read through it all. Um, I am a one. So um, I knew right away. I actually like read the whole thing. So I literally went, read every single number, thought about it for a few days. And then I came down to the conclusion that I was an Enneagram one. And then I started just like learning about it. And I read through a lot of numbers and I like people would just like strike out at me and I would be like, wow, this sounds like this person. And then I read through like the one that sounded like my husband and I was like, this is my husband. This is literally, I've never seen something describe him so well. And I was like, I really want to learn about this. Something that I liked about it, because obviously we've both, and I think with Mary too, we've spoken a lot about all different personality tests, like Myers-Briggs, um, the Strength Finder, like all these different types of tests, and I still love them a lot. But I like this one now more because of what you're saying about the emotional intelligence. And so it's telling you, like, what you're looking for and what you, like, what you want, you know, and it's not just in a box. It's telling you, okay, you can move towards here. You can move towards there. This is what you're going to struggle with. This is how you can, you know, change that. So that really caught my eye. And I don't know if you want already to start talking about my specific Enneagram yeah, number. Yeah, we, we can, <laughs> let's, let's talk on just a, a lot, like, let's, let's jump around because I want whoever's listening to kind of, I want you guys to be inspired to find out your Enneagram type and become start becoming emotionally aware it's a journey you know you'll hear me always talk about like the enneagram journey the, because you're not gonna know right away you know a few tips that i'll give you guys is don't type yourself within the day don't don't yeah. go right now on enneagraminstitute.com i think you should go right now on enneagraminstitute.com but don't go today and be like all right by the end of the day i gotta have a type i'm this i'm that sometimes one will jump out at you um but give yourself time. Read them all. Don't read the first one. Some people read number one and they're like, oh, that could be me. All right. No, read through them all. So I'm going to address this because a lot of people ask this. Okay, so then if I'm not supposed to take a test, what am I supposed to do? Go to the EnneagramInstitute.com if you're not a person who likes to read. Or if not, read a, a good book. I really recommend Suzanne Stabile as an author. She has two books. Um, I always get them confused. It's The Road the back, road back to you. you the road the road back to you and the path between us yeah. i always get the road and the path mixed up but read if, if you are a reader those they're short simple books read through the whole thing and familiarize yourself with every enneagram type because you could be you could mistype yourself if you don't know the other numbers that's what happened to me i thought i was a two because i had never heard of the three yeah mm -hmm. and the advantage is that the enneagram and disadvantage at the same time it's so strong so one of the my tests said uh, three was a possible choice and when I read it I literally was like oh my goodness this is not me and I would like be like so sad if it was me and that's why when I told you I was like this kind of sounds like you and I'm like I'm so sorry because I for a second like put myself to see if that was my type and I was like no 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 there's like too much pressure behind this number I just don't identify and so it's an advantage because you could see right away like no this doesn't feel like me but then also when you at least for me when I did hear about my type I was like whoa that's really strong am I really that bad like yeah. is yeah. this really yes, like I had to, I you know do I really struggle with this I had that feeling too because the Enneagram is so like since it focuses on your childhood wound I like like Lana like I, I had amazing parents I have amazing parents I grew up in the church I like what childhood wound did I have I was like that's not I can't say that I had that childhood wound but it 
if you really start to like look into it it's not even so much a childhood wound like you said that was purposefully inflicted on you like nobody in my family told me like you don't matter but it was something that i perceived whether it be because i was just a little kid who didn't know how to you know read the room or just because of things that were said that i took the wrong way whatever but it 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 really i'm like wait no that is something that i that i struggled with that is a feeling that i still carry to this day that is a feeling that i have to work through and like that's something that it was very eye-opening for me and it helped me to identify like how can i make even my relationships better today because of because i can identify that i don't you know i don't have to receive what you're telling me the way that i want to immediately i can kind of process a little bit and then go from there and that's so sorry i'm just gonna say this one thing that's so good because that is what i would say 80 percent of adults cannot do christian or non-christian they cannot take something and say wait, wait wait i might not be hearing that the way it actually is i might be hearing that through a filter that's what the enneagram has taught me that i am seeing things and hearing things through a three filter so one thing that we laugh because Janessa and her sister, Charlene, they, they kind of one day were talking about a lot of things. And they told me, you know what, Mane, because my three filter is very high. Like my three filter is on all the time. And one thing it's, it's really Cheryl that tells me, she says, she says, whenever you think that someone is judging you or that someone is mad at you, because as a three, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. Like, was I a jerk? Was I mean? Was I like she goes, whenever you think that, take it down two notches and that's reality. Like, you know, like whenever you think that something's going on, take it down to not just. And I think that that's everybody, like even as the one. So the one is the perfectionist. And every time you think that you're not good enough, you got to like be like, OK, it's not that serious. Yeah. Bring it down to. For me, finding out that I was a one was extremely difficult, like just going through the journey. But also at the same time, it was so freeing in a way because since the one is all about trying to be perfect and have everything perfect, um, when I found out that not everybody cares about perfect, I was like, wait, so like we're not all trying to be perfect? And all my other Enneagram friends were like, no, who cares about perfect? <laughs> and I was like, we don't all like, you know, like look at fairness, like, like always trying to uphold fairness, like in the most possible like highest standard and everybody's like no we don't care about fairness that much and for me I was so freed because that like was a weight on me my whole life like trying to be fair trying to be perfect trying to be blameless trying to be um like you know perfect I like that weight on me and when I found out like not everyone's looking for this not everyone's like you know looking at you like are you yeah, perfect judging you I was like so yeah. free like I was like wow I feel like so much better about life in general mm -hmm. and it even made us better in our working relationship so because like me and Janessa had an aha moment after working together for seven years we had already been working together for seven years and there there's like this little argument that continuously comes up between us that the Enneagram we were like oh this is why so Janessa's a one. She's a perfectionist. She wants everything to get done right. I'm a three. I'm an achiever. I just want everything to get done fast because I have 38 things that I want to do in a week. Janessa can do three perfect things in a week and sleep like a baby because her three things were perfect. I have to do 30 things. So if, if that means that some of them were not perfect, that's okay because I have a 30 that I got to get to. You know what I mean? Like I have to get to that 30. So And threes, that's the thing with threes too. If you're a three watching me, you might identify with me. We have about four or five times more than the average person. You know, So I have to do 30 things in a week. So it was funny because we discovered that her Enneagram makes her tend towards perfect. Mine makes me tend towards fast. So I tend to maybe not cut corners because I do like things being done well, but there are just certain things that we've been working together for seven years and I'll be like, Jenna, we don't need a permit. Let's just go in and try to do it without the permit. And she'll be like, you can't do things without a permit. And I'm like, listen, the permit's going to take a week. I don't got a week. This needs to be done today. And we would argue about things like that until now, like it's given me more empathy towards her because I'm like, I got to remember that it's going to bot. Like she's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be bothering her if she doesn't do it right. So I scale back on my threeness now and I say, Jane, you know what? I'm going to give you some time. 
I'll give you two days to get this permit. You got two days and we could get the permit you want. Or I'll give you two days to sometimes she just wants to like sit down and think with the budget. And I'm like, just estimate the numbers, you know, <laughs> but like, let's get this done today. Torture for And Janessa. so one thing I also want to add about the, the Enneagram for those who are going to start discovering it, the Enneagram should never be used as a weapon. It should always be used for empathy. When you use the empath when you use the Enneagram for something like that, like we're working, but you can also weaponize it. You can also say, well, you know what? You're lazy because you're a nine. You know, so probably why you're doing that is your laziness, which is why I also don't believe in other people typing you. And because you, can you use never it know as who's a typing weapon you. against yourself. Like I've been yes. I have been very mean to myself about being a nine because the the sin of a nine is sloth is laziness and i'm like well you see what you're doing it's just because you're a nine and i'm like no you know then i have to obviously like you know talk myself through it but you have to be really careful when you do discover your type to not to not like start attacking yourself because of it because again if you remember it comes back to your childhood and what you perceived or what actually happened like be kind to to yourself yeah be kind to your kids self like you you there was something that happened that made you think that this is how you had to be in the world to preserve yourself to preserve your social interactions to find intimacy whatever something happened you gotta work through that process that don't keep beating yourself up and thinking like yeah i'm gonna get you know like i'm a nine uh, i'm gonna be mean to myself and that's gonna be like super great for my emotional health (laughs) like i i've found so much empathy and also like i want to hug her and i want to give her a kiss little vane like now ever since i've gone on this journey i i talk and i think a lot about little vane because it's true what you said it's not it's not always even real your childhood wounds nobody ever told me you need to achieve to be great my parents never said that my parents always told me we love you for who you are and we not for what you give but in my case, what happened was that I saw my parents being so great. I, I am the daughter of two high output, high achiever, high charisma people. And I saw that and little Vane in her little five, six, eight-year-old self would look at these two people and, and say, if I'm ever going to be loved by God, if I'm ever going to be loved, you know, I'm a social preservation three, so I looked at myself and I said, the only way I'm going to make it in this world is to be as great as them. And I see they do a lot every day and they get a lot done. And, and there, you know, I had a mom who was a mom of four. My mom wasn't a three, but she just was amazing. And she had, she was a mom of four, pastora of a church. She would, she had businesses. She invested in real estate. She was like the real deal virtuous woman. So I was like, okay, I got to do all that. And then, but then I also looked at my dad and he was like a preacher, had this amazing relationship with God, prophesied to people, lay hands on people, they get healed. So I was like, I also got to do that. And I have to be all those things so that my parents could love me. They never told me that. They don't feel that. Like I've talked to my dad since, like I've, I've talked to him about my Enneagram number and about his Enneagram number. And he's like, he's like, I didn't know you felt that way. And it's not his fault. He didn't tell me that. But your little kid, so like the Enneagram has like made me want to like, little Vane, like yeah. it's okay, little Vane. I hate <laughs> thinking about the fact that like my son is going to have an Enneagram number. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to know it. Yes. I don't want to know about this wound that's going to yeah, happen. I, I'm always like, what am I doing? What am I saying to you that's going to give you some childhood wound? Like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm, I look at, my baby now because it's just a baby and i'm like I, i'm sorry in advance like i hope yeah. it's gonna be okay For whatever you perceive but what gives me hope is that because we are working on ourselves so another thing in this whole thing is there are healthy enneagram and there are unhealthy and if you go to the enneagram institute.com all the way at the at the bottom of the type description you'll see um how each number looks and it'll give you like a descending scale like totally healthy a little bit less healthy all right now you're going into crisis and at your worst and they look totally different which is another reason why sometimes you know i've heard a lot of people that say you can't be a three because i'm a three and we don't act the same well there's a few things that go into that and i want to go over that now for for those that are learning health you know a very healthy three will be more open, more warm, more warm, less workaholic. Um, one thing that some threes suffer with, suffer from is that they're deceitful. 
because if I think I have to achieve all the time, then I'm willing to deceive people. I'm willing to cheat. I'm willing. But that's where you don't want to put yourself in the box in a box because the work of the Holy Spirit in you plus overall emotional health will make you tend away from some of those unhealthy behaviors and a very unhealthy three. And I'm talking about the three because I'll put myself out there before I put someone else out there. A very unhealthy three is going to be a deceiver, a liar, a cheater. Like these are the people who are probably used car salesmen, no offense to any used cars, but you know, like these are those kind of guys that will cheat you out of $10,000 just so that their numbers go up and they look good in front of all the other guys at Subaru or whatever, you know? Um, so health makes people look different. The subtypes makes people look different. A self-preservation nine is very different from a self-preservation or, or a social a social nine or a sexual nine. So that's different too. Like don't don't just be like, oh, that person's an eight. I could never be an eight. Your wings also, let's talk a little bit about the wings. So when you study the Enneagram, you'll see that you'll have your type. Right. And once you discover your type, which, like I said, the best thing to do is to read about all of them, try to learn about all of them and wait. This is one of the best um, advice, advices, advices that pieces of advice that I've heard, which is wait to type yourself. Study the Enneagram for a month or two before you type yourself. Don't ask. You don't need to ask a lot of people because people's perception of you is not who you are. Um, you know, that was a mistake I made too. Do you think I'm like this? Do you think I achieve a lot? Do you think it, don't worry about other people's opinion? Think and observe yourself. You know, I've even heard um, people say before, try on a number, you know, go around one day and think the whole day. Am I acting like a nine today? Like, I think I'm a nine. I'm seeing things through the lens of a nine. And then sometimes you might be like, nah, like, but that day read about the nine. Like, don't just think, read about it and be like, mm, am I doing that? No, maybe I'm not a nine. Let me try two. Let me try one. Let me try. So try on every number. And once you discover your number, you have wings. So your wing can only be a number that is directly next to yours. If you're nine, you can only be a wing eight or a wing one. If you are a one, you can only be a wing two or a wing nine. Remember, the Enneagram goes from one to nine, but it's like a circle. So if you're a one, nine is next to you and two is next to you. If you're a three, you can only be a wing two or a wing four. And these wings, basically what they do is they're like your secondary personality. They're, they're what you lean on. So I'm a three. I'm a wing two. So I have a lot of two personality traits. At the same time, I have my other wing, which is four. I have some things from the four as well. If you're ever wondering between two or three numbers, like I had um, my one friend that she said, I'm a lot like the two and I'm a lot like the three and I'm a lot like the four. I said, okay, well, you're a three then and you have two and four as your wings. And then the last thing um, I'm going to bring in there, things that make you different are your lines. And I want to finish this episode talking a little bit about lines. Your lines are where you go in health, your heart point, and where you go in stress. So in the Enneagram, you have your number and these are things you'll learn as you get, you know, I don't expect you to know anything, uh, everything about the Enneagram off of this one number that'd be impossible um i've taken courses and invested money and read books and for years to to know what i know you don't have to do that but i'm just saying for you to you know you're not going to get it all in one episode but your so every enneagram number has their line to health and that is that when you are healthy when you're in a good place when you are in a good place with god a good place spiritually a good place in your you know overall life you will tend to look a little bit more like a different number when a 3 is very healthy at their best they will take some aspects of a 6 so 3s are very approve approval based achievement based we're workaholics when we are in our health we will go towards the 6 who the 6 tends to be more consistent, cares less about what people think and more about their convictions. So at my healthiest, I care less about what people think. I care more about my family, my convictions, my beliefs. At the same time, every number has a stress point, which means that when you are in stress, when you are not at your best, when you are depressed, when you are grieving, you will look like a different number as well which is why you might be saying, I feel like a three, but for some reason, you know, the nine is really describing me. I've seen a lot of people type themselves as threes and what they're really nines. And this is why threes in stress 
go to nine. So when I'm at my best, I look a little bit more like a six. When I'm at my worst, I look more like a nine, which me and and you take on the bad parts of the nine, not the good parts of the nine, because hey, then you'd be, you know, that'd be great. If in stress, I become a great other person. But no, I take on the bad qualities of the nine, which is I can be slothful. I can be lazy. I give up. I don't care anymore about my achievements. I don't care about anything. I just give up, you know. Um, and so all of those things influence you know, your, your Enneagram number. So I want to talk, I want to end kind of talking about how the Enneagram, how Enneagram, how you can look like different things. Like what's your experience been with that? Or how have you guys learned about that a little bit? Um, I think that depending on like a lot of times, depending where you look different. So like, let's say at a work setting, your my one is like full on. But then, like, at a social setting, I am in my growth because I'm relaxed, I'm chill. So, like, I actually had somebody who thought my growth number is seven. And sevens are very, you know, fun. They're very adventurous. Um, so I actually had someone who who thought I was, like, they were like, you're, like, adventurous and fun, right? You're, like, a seven. And I was like, Poof. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I think Vanu was there. And I, I just laughed so much. And I was like. That is like not me at all. So that's a compliment because that means that. Yeah, I was like, I guess it's a compliment. Yeah, I was like, I guess it's a compliment. It's just so funny for me to think that like someone would think that about me. Um, they got to know me a little more, and they're like, okay, yeah, I kind of see the <laughs> the other sides. But um, I think dip- a lot of times, depending on like your different settings, you could kind of like be more fun, or you could be more stressed, or you could be more, you know, just neutral. Um, so I think that you have to take that into consideration, take into consideration, you know, the different settings or the different places and what stresses you or what makes you uncomfortable and why you get there, you know? And so when we've read about the Enneagram, we've read that, that takes, that kind of like is a big part of it too, you know, like you moving towards like what is around you in a way. So, and like, that's part of actually you becoming emotionally intelligent because you're like okay when i am out in a social setting i'm super fun but why can't i be more fun when i'm working you know or why can't i be less stressed with my family and be more like a seven instead of being more like you know a different number so Mm -hmm. yeah um for i'm a nine like we said so my my stress point is six so i get very anxious very uh worrisome um, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm, well, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I've experienced it. <laughs> That's such a nine thing to do to correct me if I'm <laughs> yeah. wrong about myself. Yes. Yes. That is. Oh gosh. Okay. Mary, we trust your opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So in stress, I go to six, which I become very, uh, uh, worried, very anxious, very stressed. So like, um, this whole last year of my life, <laughs> pregnant in a pandemic, mom, pregnant pandemic. in a pandemic, oh, becoming a new mom. I definitely felt that. Um, All of us here. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. I definitely felt that and how like being a nine, one of the things you can do is kind of become overwhelmed and numb out. But then you add into that being in a stress point And I feel like being that anxious, worried, like it's you have to be very very mindful and i think that that's what i love about the enneagram that you're not fluidly stuck to the nine i'm a nine and this is who i am and that's it there's not no you can realize like wait situations outside of my control in this in this moment are causing me you know undue stress or extra stress and then on top of the the things that i'm already processing now i have to process this extra fear this extra worry this extra maybe anxiety um that i am feeling and so that's something that I have to be mindful of in, in difficult moments is my I've, I've noticed my anxiety heightens my worry. You know, I'm always like trying to I have to be prepared for all the you know, I start thinking about all the what ifs, all the possible worst case scenario instead of, you know, just assuming or preparing for the best. I start preparing for the worst when I'm stressed um, and then in in when I'm health, I guess healthier, my growth point is a three. And I know um, for me, that's usually when I'm at work, when I'm a teacher, like that's my, my moment of like, I'm, I want to get everything done. I want to, I, I remember last year, my, you know, last year that I was teaching, um, 
even in the middle of like distance learning, I was like, well, we can implement this and we can do that. And I was like, this is not who I am. And it was, I mean, obviously it was right at the beginning of distance. Of yeah. It was right at the beginning of distance learning. So I still had like a lot of energy, but I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to make it work like this. And I had like six different, you know, projects. And I remember it, while it was for me a moment of growth, cause as, as a nine, I'm not, I don't tend to be that, uh, goal oriented, I feel like, or maybe that's, and this, you might be a nine and be goal oriented, but I'm not, I, I don't tend to be that goal oriented. I felt really like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to power through. And, and I really do feel like it is a growth moment for me, but it also becomes, I guess, I don't know. Uh, it can also become a little bit overwhelming to the point where I was like, wait, maybe, maybe I need to pull it back a little bit. Um, because it is a good thing. Like I, I saw it as a sign of growth for myself, but also then I get how, I get how you would want to keep pushing yourself because if people are like, you're you're doing these things, you're implementing these goals and then people are like, yay, good job, go you. You're doing such a great job. I was like, oh, let's keep, you know, what else can I do? And then I was like, wait, 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 scale it back. Because I'm not being myself. Yeah, I'm not I'm being not, my true authentic self. Yeah, it, it's not sustainable mm -hmm. for me. It's something that I could realize, wait, yes, okay, I have momentum and this is a good thing and I'm excelling in this moment, but, but this is not sustainable. And it really yeah. wasn't. Like, I could tell you that was March, you know, of 2020, March of 2020, by, you know, August of 2020, I was like, nah, <laughs> like, we're done. Like, we're done. What's the bare minimum that we, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, what is, what do we have to do to get through the school day, you know? But those are, yeah, the growth and the, and the stress points for me as a nine. And that's one thing that the Enneagram, I love about the Enneagram because, again, it doesn't put you in a box and it shows you how individual every person is meant to be and how God created you individual because you see how your growth point that you said, I have to stop doing this, I can't keep doing this, is how I am regularly. And in the same way, my growth point, so my husband is a six and my growth point is a six and I look at him and I'm like, wow, like when I'm – I need to learn from you, basically. But also, it kind of shows you that when I'm acting like another person, I'm not at my best. It teaches you to appreciate who you are and that you were created to be 100% authentically you. What's the best you you can be? Because it's funny because every, every number has their stress point, but that stress point is not bad. My stress point is nine, but nines are not bad. But it is bad if I'm not acting like a nine because I'm not meant to be a nine. You were created, to, or or maybe not created because, you know, it's your childhood wound and different things, but you are authentically a nine. That's your experience. That's who you are. That's who you've become. So when you're acting like a six, you're at your worst because you are you. And I, and I love that, even that about being emotionally intelligent where I could say, wait, 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 this is not me. I need to be who I am. Yeah. I identify because my husband is also my growth point. And for those of you that know my husband, we are complete opposites. So I'm like, if I'm walking around like being like Lex all the time, then like nobody is being one like and like providing yeah. structure and being detailed and not letting you know something slip through the cracks so then I'm like okay no 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 like you know and even I feel like your growth you, you kind of like naturally scale back but scaling back from your stress is a little bit harder mm -hmm. so my stress point is a four and you guys will learn you know throughout the series what every number is but the bad things of the four are like overly emotional you know and overly like disconnected and so it would be terrible for me to be overly emotional when my strengths are to be very fair and realistic and very structured and very unbiased so when I find myself you know being emotional being you know different I'm like no you know I can't make decisions like this like I need to scale back to more of my real self and 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 who I'm and what I'm supposed to do. And that's something that I really like about the Enneagram because it shows you like, this is what you're good at. This is what you can give to the world. Mm -hmm. Keep focus on that. You know, like Vana, you're a three, you're an achiever. Keep achieving. And in our work relationship and in our friendship, like we can know each other's each other. strengths, compliment mm -hmm. each other and not wonder because for years we would be like, okay, but what about the permit? And I would be like, I need more time. But for me, it helps me now because I'm like, you know what? If we don't have a permit, the world is not going to end. Mm -hmm. Because since I'm thinking like a one, I'm like, Vana needs the permit. Like she's going to be like, where's the permit? 
you know, like instead of thinking like she's okay without it. So we can complement each other so much more if we really like learn about each other, look at each, each other with more empathy. Like the world is just better and everybody's flowing and what they're good at, you know, and I love seeing like my growth and my stress. I love seeing healthy um, like examples of that. So I love talking to fours. I love talking to sevens and I have one in my house every day. <laughs> talk to one a lot. Yes. And so I learn from him, you know, and, and it's, it's really nice too. And it's been something that has really helped me throughout. I think we've known about this for like three years, maybe. Yeah. It's been about three years. Yeah. About three years. And I've seen so much fruit come out of it. Yeah. You know, I think I like too. like, once you start to process, what the childhood wound is you are able to really enjoy like what makes your number good like i'm i i am i always like get on myself because i am really hard on myself for being a nine like i don't know why i don't know if that's a like, it's a, like a probably nine. your one wing, wing maybe yes i do have a one <laughs> wing and it because i when i learned about the one i was like oh that's kind of like me too but i just feel like my one wing is very like strong um but once like I can process like okay whatever I had that perceived you know I had that perception of myself as, as a child and I had I went through that and once I kind of start to process that I can say well but as a nine I can be a really good friend like I can be a really good sounding board for people you know I I'm someone who is I could sit while I would hate it um I can sit in on someone's argument and hear you know I could hear Vanna's perspective and be like I totally get where she's coming from I could hear Jane's perspective I totally understand where she's coming from you know and I could you know maybe if I would have like known that about myself I could have been a fly on the wall I would have been able to say but Vanna Jane just needs a little bit more time to get things together but Jane Vanna just really wants to get things done and like now I'm like, wait, that's like a tool that can really yeah, serve it's me. A, it's a strength. But yeah, it's a strength that I have. It's not just, oh, I'm afraid of confrontation. Like, that's it. I, and I was the type of person that would say, nope, I'm afraid of confrontation. Like, I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me. Like, I'm like, I would always like joke that like election years were my nightmare. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it because I just, it does. I still to this day, like if somebody's fighting, even if it's not somebody that I know, like if I'm in a place where people get loud with each other, I like grip the chair and I'm like, no, 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 please guys mm -hmm. stop. And it has nothing to do with me. I just, I really don't like confrontation. But as I've, as I'm growing, as I'm learning more about myself and as I'm getting to a place of emotional maturity, I'm like, wait, this is, this is a gift. This is something I can use. This is something that can make me better, can help me make the relationships around me, the people around me hopefully better um and it i it just encourages me to like continue to do that work in within myself and and with my relationships and with my relationship with god for sure mm -hmm. so i want to encourage everyone who's out there watching over the next series so we're going to be doing two episodes a day i'm doubling down doing some extra work because i really want you guys to have a deeper look in each one of these numbers. If you were hearing, you know, we're throwing numbers out there. Um, I've heard friends joke around like, I can't sit with you guys because when you guys just throw out these numbers, I'm a three, I'm a seven, I'm an eight. But we're going to go through each number in depth over the next coming, coming weeks. Break down every number. If you want to find out what number you are, this is this will be a good tool because I'm going to sit down with ones, nines, eights, sevens, sit down with every single number in the Enneagram and break it down, hear it from their perspective and hopefully grow in emotional intelligence so our next episode we will have these ladies back explaining the one and the nine we're going to end this episode here but the next episode will be right up